0: That concert in the park where they built the stage, right? I'm hyped. MC Shan, or was it Shantae? One of them brought out this guy
1: who we later learned is Biz Markie. Hold on, what about before that when they let the little kids rap? You did not get on that stage. We was mad at you. You wouldn't go up there and rap too. I was too scared um, to grab the mics in the parks and kick my little raps because I thought was mad niggas at him wouldn't understand. and Everybody, he was the best by far, but he wouldn't get up there. Yo, he the MVP
2: them. just sitting on the side. Mm-hmm. He
1: I wasn't get ready. Up there. we was pissed. Thanks was for the compliment, jungle it was, I, it was I wasn't meant ready. To be. It was yeah. meant to be. like and that. And then after
0: that, then MC Shan came out, and this kid is doing a beatbox, and he starts doing. Pew! meow the, the the meow the cat yeah, the food meow. commercial mm-hmm. and he did mm-hmm. that with the at the beat playing the same time the rest was history this is Nas growing up in Queensbridge I never imagined the music I heard blasting at the park would change my life and transform the world but it did and I met a lot of people along the way who feel the same take this journey with me to explore how we built the culture and continue to carry on tradition. You're now listening to The Bridge, 50
3: years of hip hop. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app just like the pros. With 24 seven access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. Enter the Kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
2: Hey, this is Minya O, a.k.a. Miss Info. Nas and I are the co-hosts of the new podcast, The Bridge, 50 Years of Hip Hop. We all know Nas, we all have our own image of him, shaped by our relationship to his music, his videos, his image. But today we're joined by his younger brother, Jungle. He was a member of the Bravehearts and he's a constant presence by Nas's side. You've never heard the two Jones brothers together like this, sharing what it was like both before and after that first step into greatness. The stark reality is that concerts can sometimes get violent this was true back in the day and, unfortunately, is true now. Any mention of concert-related violence in this episode's conversation is not meant to glorify or condone said violence.
0: I still remember growing up seeing graffiti on the wall and hearing DJs spinning at the neighborhood block parties on the weekends. I love flipping through my father's and mother's old records in the living room and lots of times my brother Jabari, aka Juggle, and I would keep the radio on late into the night listening to the latest rap music. You could say hip-hop was the first thing I breathed in the morning and the last thing I heard when I fell asleep. It was around me 24-7 and I was soaking it all in. I can't really say the exact moment I fell in love with hip-hop but before I knew it, I was rhyming with my man Will and his crib making tapes. We would listen to them later. We were also running with our crew in the streets doing dumb shit, fun shit, wild stuff. But hip-hop was always calling me. Can't believe this, right? Look at the world, man. This is what I always kind of like wanted to get into is like conversations and stuff. I'm trying to pitch a show in L.A. in like 99 to have conversations about hip-hop you know, on television and all that. It was a little too soon, pre-YouTube for sure. So happy to have you here. And Menya is someone I've known for a while. She's an important part of the hip-hop community, music community, and and happy to have her here as my partner in this. And we got my man Jungle here, Mm -hmm. you know, which is really cool too.
2: Yeah. I mean, especially now versus 99, I'm sure your thoughts have evolved in terms of how you view the world, yeah. what you want to talk about. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Wisdom it, yeah. it takes time. Like that's what people don't know. You're not born with it.
0: Right. It so takes time.
2: Hopefully, through the course of us just talking, we'll all be comfortable with like having our unpopular opinions, debating things. But yeah. when there's trust in a room, anything can happen. Right. And you can open up. And you can, and we can argue. Yeah. I don't know what we would argue about, but...
0: Mm-hmm. I
2: mean, we've known each these other are, for a long time, so I don't know.
0: I don't know. The thing is, we have these conversations off the air mm-hmm. all the time about hip-hop, about uh, clothes, about politics, about, you know, everything under the sun. Conspiracy theories, science. So, it's just... We're going to see... You know, get the vibe. We're going to follow your lead also because... Um, I'm
2: going to try. I'll try. You know,
0: you're the pro here at this. We're just going to be natural.
2: You know, it's such a small world because I remember Paul, large professor. Yeah. His wifey was the receptionist at the Source magazine. Wow. So we would see him around, and I was just like this kid running around, making copies, you know, doing errands, and... Um, I was on the grind. I would go to all the clubs. And then one day they handed me, and I was already doing reviews, they handed me this cassette tape, handwritten with the, the track list and everything. They were like, You review this. You're going to review this. And I was like, All right. At the time, I went by a different pen name because, you know, we're a much more evolved place now. But a Korean girl from Chicago, in hip-hop, was not something that anybody wanted to listen to, right? Like, no one wanted to hear what I had to say, so I was writing under the name Shorty. And then I, you know, after, I remember listening to the album for the first time, and I've told this story so many times, but never to you. I put the cassette into my bright yellow Sony Walkman, the waterproof joint. Yeah. And I was listening. I remember that. I don't know what what the train station was um, by, The Source magazine, but I stood there... I mean, I must've played the whole album two, three times, never getting on the train. I just was on the platform. Wow! And it just blew my mind. And so I think that, you know, after I wrote the review, we had a discussion in the office and you know, I, I, I was so young and sort of like insecure about it. I was like, I feel like it can't get any better. It's gotta have the top rating. It's gotta have five mics. Ooh. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't think anybody would agree, but you know, sh- they were, they all agreed. Everybody was in line. Like, wow. and I didn't really know about the ramifications for you.
0: Oh, that was huge.
2: But it was like on all of the press releases. We would get like oh, faxes God. of the press releases. <laughs> what? How did you find out about the five mics? Oh
0: man, I heard it was going to be five mics. The magazine wasn't even out yet. I might have told Jung, yo, I think we get five mm-hmm. mics. But Jung answers, hell yeah, what the fuck you thought?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> to everything, right? <laughs> so I'm like,
0: yo, I think it's going to be five mics. And they're like, nah, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and at that point in time, we used that. I mean, Columbia had a field day with that. You know what I mean? That was great. That Did was... they
2: change the way that they treated you once that happened? Yeah,
0: for H- sure. How?
2: What happened?
0: Oh, they knew what time it was. They knew it was like there was a career. Like we gotta stick with this kid. This this one special, and I'm like, fuck you he thought, mm-hmm. <laughs> hell yeah, mm-hmm. fuck you
1: thought, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What you think um, makes an artist a legend? Like we just like what you're just explaining about him, and the five mics yeah. and everything. So what about like, like greatness?
2: What's greatness? Al- a
0: great album helps. Great album helps.
1: Yeah, cause just because you were like a OG at something doesn't mean you're a legend at that thing. It's like, true. You know, like legend,
0: legend is thrown around too loosely. Mm-hmm. Legend, mm-hmm. people put legend on
1: everything. Just because a person was an OG, they'll say you're a legend.
0: Because to somebody, to someone, that person is a legend. To someone, right. but yeah. it doesn't mean you're a legend, legend. But you're you're in the legend world. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm, some OGs, mm -hmm. you know, are legends, you know, and they own right. Mm -hmm. But they might not be known outside of that neighborhood or that block. Mm -hmm. There's some Mm -hmm. dudes that's legends known throughout the city. There's Mm -hmm. some known throughout the states. There's some known
1: throughout the world. I think there's levels of it. the hip hop, though. And hip hop. What do you think makes a person a legendary hip hop? Run DMC. Mm. Run, run. D.
0: Come on, Run DMC. They changed the game. They changed. Adidas, they changed the way we talked, walked, and attitude. You know, I'll go back that far, but some of them, I guess, don't, there's not gonna reach that level that Run is at, that Run and D is at, and Jam Master J, rest in peace.
2: Also, there's a lot of people, to your point, that they've realized by calling themselves a legend, they've convinced people that they are. I'm the GOAT.
1: Yeah, that means greatest <laughs> of all time. What a, but, it, you know, at the crazy. same
0: time, it's cool. It's like, oh, you the GOAT, you, you
2: got them dope sneakers on. Oh, you the GOAT, you always
0: got <laughs> exactly. the fresh sneakers. So it's kind of cool. It's cool, too. But I think in music, they throw GOAT around way too much. It's it's disrespectful, to
1: And me. legend, too, to me, you know. Yeah. They throw that around a legend lot. Legend and know, GOAT,
0: yeah. I think uh, people need to chill out on saying that.
2: Who are the legends that you feel like we lost or are under appreciated legends.
1: Under appreciated yeah. legends. Wow. Mm, like, to me, it's wow. my like grand Poobas. Grand Nubians. Though, to me, that's like legend in hip hop. Grand Pooba, come on. And
2: man. G-Rap.
1: G-Rap, G-rap yeah. for sure. I know
2: how important G-Rap for sure. was for you, yeah. Nas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But people... Crazy. It's like he didn't he didn't do all of the song and dance in 2021 mm-hmm. or, in, you know, yeah. now. He's mm-hmm. not doing the, the song and dance to remind people so people don't know But G Rap was like mind blowing Mm -hmm. to me. Also, EPMD. I mean, just stop. EPMD,
0: we back in business. Mm -hmm. I mean, EPMD, 1989, Easter Sunday, Apollo Theater, Hit Squad Tour, EPMD, Das Effect, Redman, K Solo, DJ Scratch, I'm sure. Apollo Theater, 1989 my crew got our clothes together I got money together every crew was up in there alright now I get there we had balcony seats and uh I seen other dudes from the bridge Das Effect comes out this sewer on stage dun, 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 dun. oh man we're going crazy all of a sudden a fight breaks out in the front row downstairs so everybody's like we looking at the fight it's excitement yeah and next thing you know Security came, grabbed Dos Effect off the stage, a Hennessy bottle flew on the stage, boom. I said, wow, what are they doing? So they started the show over. And I'm in my mind like, what would I do if security grabbed me off the stage because a fight was in the front row? Do we start it again? Is it gonna make it worse Are we gonna mess up? Somebody gonna get hurt in the crowd if we perform? I'm thinking this, I ain't even in the rap game. You know, I'm probably 16 years old. I saw one of the brothers from Dos Effects years later and I told him this story. And he said, Yeah, you know that night that security grabbed me and chipped my tooth with his bracelet? <laughs> I said, What? I was crazy. right there. I was right there. But these are these are legends. That was a legendary night. Yeah. K Solo was out there. Red man, red man blew the roof off. He was new. Wow. He, he was new. This might have been 90. It's 89 and 90. But he blew it up. It was crazy. And he was just coming out. We we knew the album was coming out or just came out, but that was EPMD, obviously. I think they're legends, obviously. All these artists, like, this, these guys were a movement. On their own label, Eric's doing the production. Eric Sermon, he's one of the greatest rap producers. That was a movement.
2: And it touched everybody because then they had, like, Marley Marl was also kind of related to them and, and then later on, illegal. Remember Legal? They yeah, came through. Yeah, that's right. The kids. Yeah, yeah. Especially in Queensbridge. I know that you guys were seeing all types of Oh,
0: the whole project. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the every Queensbridge
1: rapper. itself. Yeah, the whole, the
0: whole Yeah, every rapper from there, Roxanne Shantae, mm-hmm. MC Shand, everybody, man. You know, I don't know. I don't want to say underappreciated legend, like if you name some people that are considered legends, heavy D. I mean, your moms loved him, he was safe, it was fun, the music was great.
2: He was also bringing culture into it, his West Indian culture. Right, right. You know, he was blending, he was with Super Cat, he was with all these people, and that was a representation of true New York culture. Yeah. You couldn't be in New York and not also like dance hall, right? and also speak bodega Spanish, and also, mm -hmm. you know, know about Chinatown. We were ahead of our time in terms of diversity yeah. without making it into like a stunt. It wasn't like a political thing. We were all together. We couldn't avoid each other. Right. And we're talking about hip-hop and how we fell in love with it. But when you talk about hip-hop culture, like what is hip-hop culture? Like this is the thing that we're trying to dig into.
1: To me, it's different for, for a lot of different people I liked hip-hop for a total different reason than he did, or you. And me. Yeah, Yeah. or you. When I first heard it, yeah, it was dope, but I didn't really get into it until I heard him cursing, until I heard Easy e cursing and shit. I was like, what? This I can listen to every day, and I love this, and I love, you know, I love Eric B and Rakim and MC Shan and shit, but... It was nothing like N.W.A. That's when I became a rap fan, a hip hop fan. I but was into sports first.
0: He, he, he definitely was uh, more into N.W.A. than Tribe. hmm uh, Wow.
2: Did you think he was
0: crazy? Nah, check it out. No, he, he messed with Tribe, but check it out. I'm going oh, to take wait a you minute, back. Wait a
1: minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, a yeah. wait a minute. You said I'm crazy to think N.W.A. was better than Tribe? So you don't know, you don't think Ice Cube and them is I, better No, I than do, water. but I'm
2: like you're literally they in the in the bed. They now, Tribe like the was bed dope of-
1: now, but they was nothing compared to <laughs> Ice Cube. You're in Queens. Tri- I'm from Queens, but I got Ice Cube. MC hold up, Brand, hold up, Dr. hold up, hold up,
0: hold up, hold up. Now let me tell you why you got chill Tribe out. Job was awesome. I'm talking Jung, about you. Young, this know, why I love this life. why you got to chill out. The let me name some groups that used to love the Fat
1: Boys. I love the fact.
3: <laughs> Run the DMC,
1: boy. of course. Run DMC. LL I came to be out. Run. Yeah, yeah, come I wanted on. To be L-L. Come on. Like yeah. so.
0: So he's not just saying he didn't like but it. It was a light bulb that
1: went off when I heard them just talking that shit like that. I, it blew my mind. I, I was like, "This is hip hop. This is rap." You know what I mean? <laughs> Hold on. We oh knew
0: what God. rap was at our first rap concert, not the park jams, which was mm-hmm. kind of like a little rap concert where somebody would freestyle here and there, but that concert in the park where they built the stage. Mm-hmm. The city built the stage for a concert. And that was probably the last time they did that for years because <laughs> exactly. somebody got killed that day. Oh my yeah. Some people got shot and my oh. moms grabbed me and my brother by our collars. Uh, and, uh,
1: I ran. And, I remember running across the <laughs> street. Yeah, he <laughs> fell. I ran. I was he running. fell. We both oh. was falling. Mm-hmm. She grabbed
0: us by our shirts and kept us going. You dig?
2: Who is, who is the lineup? Uh,
0: there's video footage of this that I saw a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, It's not on YouTube or nothing. There's some brothers in the projects who have this from the projects. This man named Harvey, he used to film everything. I saw my little brother and Will, rest in peace in them, with these little self-made uh, slingshots. slingshots that was shooting at the people on the stage. And they were complaining to the kids to stop shooting it. I'm among them, but I didn't like cameras. And that sounds crazy. I know it sounds real crazy. But they, they, on the mic, kids, stop shooting these beans that will fall out of the trees, these hard beans. We would cut open the 25-cent juice. Put a
1: balloon on it. The top piece and mm-hmm. take a
0: balloon on it. So we'd pull the balloon back and shoot these beans. And we was doing that already on the block. So in the park, we just brought it there. And it was tons of little, these little hard beans that fell out of the trees in the park. And we're spraying everybody that's on the stage. And they're, they're trying to get us. Terrorists. You know what I'm Terrorists back then, right? So anyway, the show, right? I'm hyped. So
1: MC Shan
0: or was it Shante? One of them brought out this guy
1: who we later learned is Biz marky Hold on, oh, what about before that when they let the little kids rap? You would did not get on that stage. We was mad at you. You wouldn't oh. go up there and rap too. I was too scared um, to grab the mics in the parks and kick my little raps because I thought niggas wouldn't understand. He was than everybody, he was the best by far, but he wouldn't get up there. Yo, the MVP
2: them. just sitting on the side. Mm-hmm,
1: he I wasn't get ready. Up there. we was pissed. But Thanks was for the compliment, Jungle. It was, I, it was I wasn't meant ready. To be. It was yep. meant to be. like and that. And then after that, then then the Shantae, wow, mind blown.
0: MC Shan came out, and this kid is doing a beatbox, and he starts doing the 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 meow the cat yeah, the food meow. commercial mm-hmm. and he did mm-hmm. that with the at the beat playing the same time the rest was history later on he's Bismarcky. I never that saw this guy before yep. but a lot of people got their start in our neighborhood rest in peace to bizmarkey he, in peace. he
2: mm-hmm. was oh my
0: a blessing of mm-hmm. joy to the world man. That was probably our first real rap concert. So we were blessed to have these neighborhood heroes. Shan and Shantae was definitely there. I think Craig G was there.
1: Mm-hmm, Craig, Craig G was, was like yeah. a
0: young, he, this guy had just this talent for mm-hmm. his age that was like, wow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He had this song Transformers and Shout, which he did the Tears for Fears song over, Shout. And mm-hmm. That was our first rap official concert, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Mm-hmm. That was definitely mine.
2: I mean, how can you not like if you if you're exposed to something like that so young? How can you not be inspired to to that level, right? Right. Or to take it past that, right? Mm -hmm. And then so you know, if you were like a kid in Atlanta somewhere in Georgia or down south, or you know, in in Chicago, we didn't have that type of level of inspiration. So everything we were listening to, we were just reading the source, listening to tapes.
0: Yeah, I was getting the tapes.
2: Yep. Yeah, the tapes. Mm -hmm. You know, to come from a tape and then take it to global artistry and and stardom is an an even bigger jump, I would argue, you know, and people have made that leap. So that's greatness. Perseverance.
1: It's the love for music too. Just yeah. that genuine love for music is gonna get them there. You don't even have to be around none of that shit. If you love music, you're gonna find a way to get. You're gonna. You're gonna be. Um, you know. You're gonna get in studios. You're gonna make songs up. You're not gonna stop. Yeah. It's just like who you are. You, and you'll end up around the greats. You know what I mean? Just like he, he ended up around them in, out of the, through the bullets and the prison systems and yeah. shit. He made it because he loved music. You know.
2: It's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, it's not it was different than how it is now where everybody just wants to be a rapper. And you could wake up in the morning and be on Instagram, I'm a I'm MC, yeah. I'm a little this, so I'm, you know what I mean, but like he his love for music got him there cuz back then it was probably one or two kids out of the whole projects that was rapping, maybe 3. Not the whole entire projects, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like three guys rap. And it was him and, and two other guys.
2: But the fact that any time that he personally didn't want to do something, he had people like you and the other oh, people yeah, around yeah. him who were like, "You He's, are meant for this."
1: He said a rhyme to me when I was a kid. I was like, "Bro, you're the best to ever fucking do this. You gotta, you know, you gotta show the people you're the best." What? He was the best to me since I. Since do you him.
2: know what the rhyme was?
1: Nah, no, I couldn't remember. But he was the best. He was better than the radio. He was better than everybody to me as a kid when he first started writing rhymes to me he was the best immediately i was like god damn i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe it
2: did you feel it about yourself
1: um
0: i knew i knew i had something it took a while but i knew i had something because when i would hear craig g or Trage, or shante i i felt like i could keep up with them I, I loved what they were doing i loved the confidence they had and I thought what they were doing was just magical too. But I also felt like there's something wrong that I'm I'm not their age, and I think they're saying what I'm gonna say. They're saying what I'm writing.
1: They're saying I'm even writing more. Hey, yours, yours was more articulate. I, it was like I, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can I can see it. I can close my eyes when you write. As soon as you start, I could just But I don't know, understand why I was writing at that level, at the house. I didn't
0: understand. Before I heard their records, I was already writing at that level. And I remember telling my moms one time, I think it was Juice Crew All-Stars, I think. And I said, they're from the neighborhood. And I was like, I could do that, though. I remember thinking that and I saying, something's wrong. I don't know why I can do this like them. And that's when I saw this thing could be real for me. Shout out to them.
2: That's a moment of, of self-awareness and destiny that I think is I mean there's nothing greater that's amazing that's amazing
0: I don't think I even I ever had a conversation like this on the mic I don't know why nobody ever invited me and brought my brother to come up and talk together I, maybe I just feel comfortable I, it it's just this is great
2: I think that's crazy that nobody's ever had you guys
1: together
3: mm-hmm.
2: because yeah. It's like yin yang
1: Yeah I, I, I remember a lot of stuff that he forgets And I remind him of a lot of stuff You know I like to hear him talk too This shit is like wow bro word That's know. How, You know what I mean how I It like took to a him while talk, but him. now you hear yeah,
2: you, We yeah. talk
1: all the time but not like this You know right. we, we, we don't know like present and future talk We really don't go back too much like this So this is dope for me to hear too
0: Check me Rye, out, y'all. Rye, Rye, Rye. Nasty knives in your area. About the cause mass hysteria. Before a I take out my fronts. Then I start the front. Matter of fact, I will be on a manhunt. You couldn't catch me in the streets without a ton of reefer. That's like Malcolm X catching a jungle fever.
2: And Jungle, you mm-hmm. also, there was an incredible interview with you, and my boy, my brother, Mikey Fresh.
1: Oh, word. All where right. Where you
2: went to your old apartment.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, And cool, yeah. it's I so remember. interesting
2: to hear you talk about you know how Nas chipped his tooth,
1: mm-hmm. swinging mm-hmm. from the from yeah, the shower yeah. Yeah, curtain. I was taking a shit. He was swinging on the shower curtain. I was. He fell right in front of me too. <laughs> Boom! I said, "Oh my god!" He got up, <laughs> chipped tooth. Tooth was chipped. He picked it up and tried to put it back. I was like, "Oh, you are in trouble on the toilet." Yeah, I swear. <laughs>
2: Yo, I could just mm-hmm. visualize it. So crazy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh my goodness. I have a weird spotty memory, but some things are so crystal clear. I remember standing on a street trying to go to a party. This was a Nas party, a Columbia Records party, and everybody was in the street because it already gotten shut down.
0: What happened that night?
2: It never happened. It was pure <laughs> chaos, straight fights, um, destruction, and it was beautiful. You know, I was at the Source magazine, but, like, I was a— Intern, I was a scrub, scrubby scrub. Um, I don't even think I ever got paid, but I was there, and the only currency that I had, the only reason, what I, what my pay was, was I was g- able to go to parties. Mm. I would get into parties. And everybody wanted to go to an Illmatic release party or a Nas release party, and it would always get shut down. I, I probably mm. went to like three of them. None yeah. of them ever happened. Yeah. 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 What was like what was your official memory of the Illmatic release party? Where was it? Did it happen? How many times did it try to happen?
0: Uh we was uh rough around the edges back then. Yeah. And um
1: <laughs> just coming <laughs> outside, just leaving the projects.
0: <laughs> so, we had a couple of parties. You know, but what would happen would be it was just too much excitement. And um, things would go down, and uh, we had we got shut down from doing anything. Eventually,
2: well, there was the label was trying to sh- throw a party for you, but the problem is that all of Queensbridge wanted to celebrate with you, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and those two things could not happen at the same place and at the same time. No, nah, there nah. should have been there should have been a, one event just in the hood. Right. And then a whole nother event for the city, you know, or for the industry.
1: That would have worked. Yeah, but, um, you know, Nas, he's from Queensbridge, and a lot of people from out there, they never saw a celebrity before, and they never had a chance to party ever in their life. they probably going to get killed or go to prison. So, to me, it was good that they came out and experienced anything outside of the projects, even though they probably had a fight and shit like that, but... It was dope for them to get out and see Nas or just experience anything besides the corners of the the ghetto.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, Jungle, how old were you at the time?
1: Uh, I was still in high school, high school kid when Nas came out. I was dropping out of high school to hang out with Nas, and it was, you know, me and all my friends was, you know, ghetto guys, real, really, really ghetto guys from from the projects, and we was really rough. So you know we we went to celebrate with Nas but we went to protect them too the the world was rough hip hop was rough back then there was no security guards it was it was just a tough time to be a rapper you know um, it didn't explode yet you know so it was a do you know young thing you got a bunch of people from every ghetto and we want to shine so you know we had to do it the hard way the rough way you know was
2: it was it crazy though because it's like you were holding the cards and everybody in your projects was trying to get in or get on a list and you had to protect Nas from having to deal with, like, no, who wants was, to come. No, they
1: was with us. The, the people that from our projects was our friends. They was with us. They just, you know, there was a lot of them and they all wanted to get in and we tried to, I think I got everybody in every time. We had fun, you know, we were scary to to the other people, but we all loved each other and we was together. And I, I used to love those days, you
0: know. And uh Jung is slightly younger than me, so he had a slightly younger crew. And my crew was a little bit older and even older than me. And uh, but we all it was all the same crew. Yeah. So you had uh, lock, we got we had a lot of a lot of love coming out of that neighborhood, especially after the hip hop generation uh, before us. You had the song The Bridge Is Over. And, you know, I think Queens was catching a lot of, you know, getting slept on. So I think that was our moment to step out. So you had the older generation that stood around me like, like Fort Knox. I was, I was a walking Fort Knox. And mm-hmm. you had the younger generation my age, and you had the generation Jung's age, and even younger than Jung, mm-hmm. that, that just wanted to come out and celebrate it. So mm-hmm. from
2: the industry side, it was like, why are they ruining... No, nah, we didn't party ruin it. We us.
1: made it. We made yes. it. It's not ruined. We had a but, ball. It's yeah, not for them. At, at the it time, was for
0: us. when I got mm-hmm. banned from from doing any clubs and promoters was out to get me. I think that's where niggas against society came from. Um, a promoter, someone said it. I got forget her name, and she put that out there that we was all about. I was all about destruction. That's what they. Yeah. It was that bad. I remember Biggie saying, "How come a fly dude like you?" Your parties are so crazy. I can't go to them, and that's when it started to. I started it started to dawn on me that you know, there's another way to do this. The celebration is over. I'm in the game now. Now it's time, you know, to to get behind the wheel. You know what I'm saying? And 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 really turn this thing around and, and make it professional. Make it right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I talked to Puffy. And uh, Puffy said he wanted to do a documentary on my crew from that era, yeah. and it was the wildest shit.
1: And and like hip hop, we, we when Nas made hip hop, we we he made it for us. We was he made it for the projects. He's telling project stories, not record business stories. You know, we 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 looked yeah. at it like it was for yeah. us. Yeah. They was the outsiders. They shouldn't get in a club. We. This is for us.
2: Yeah, This that is makes our sense, music.
1: Yeah. This is what we do. This is how we grow up. This is our stuff. This is our guy from our neighborhood. Yeah, hip-hop yeah. is from the street. Hip-hop is yeah. uh, a street yeah. music that, you know, street kids made that they was talking about the ghetto. And a lot of people love hip-hop, but they don't like hip-hop. You know, they, yeah. they don't like the people. They think they they love the music, but they really don't like hip-hop like that because these guys are for real. These guys are really from the ghetto. They really really are real. They're not lying. They're not telling these stories. This is their life. Like This this is what they grew up from, and this is what they know. They might not know to network or to have a job in the music business, but they know how to make songs about Mm. their life. So this is what they really are, and people really don't like them.
2: So Nas, you being in it, Mm -hmm. like let's kind of go back to who you were as a person during Illmatic because you were so both in the game and in the streets and your connection, obviously, your brother was full in the streets. So how did you sort of navigate that? That seems like a very chaotic place to be where you're in this business, you want to succeed, people want a piece of you, you're a commodity. And also, you know, like, in the framework of Ilmatic, you were, like, the hottest. It was, like, the second coming. Everybody talked about it. You know, the mm-hmm. second coming of Rakim. You know, I can, I can tell you, and you've already heard this so many times, what it felt like to be in the industry when the buzz was happening. It was all anybody could talk about. But for you as a real person dealing with it, super young, definitely connected to the street, not living in the suburbs, like, just going to the studio, like... Right, right. What was that? What was that like? I was
0: um, you know, it was amazing. You know, it's a cold world. We come from a. I mean, this, this, this. Everything here, it's it's rough, right? But at the same time, you know, there's work to be done, and there's a lot of learning because I didn't know anything about the industry. You know, you know, my pops plays music, but um, he we didn't talk about business. He didn't talk about uh, talked about the things that you should just know in life. More important stuff, you know? So I got into it thinking, like, I'm not coming here to be friends. I'm not looking for a friend. I'm not looking for love when I walk in the building. This is a fair exchange. This is the art, and this is the business. You guys, I'm giving you something. You give me something in return, and you make sure that that is correct. And if you, if you fuck us over, it's a learning experience, and we're going to grow from that. So I'm going to stick around and I'm not going to let the system beat me is what I thought. But, you know, as a as a young guy, that was that was like it was it was a challenge because you feel like there's this whole system that's been in place. These record companies before I got into it and they screwed mm. over tons of artists before <laughs> me. So, I mean, do I even have a chance? I said, but you know what? Mm. Just a just a little bit of opportunity is all i need it's a little bit hmm. so i focused on the the business but as you say i was still in the streets i was still hanging out i was still with whoever i was with and still with the same crew and um they were still in the streets and of course back then this is like 92 93 i don't know anything so we're they're hoping that you know things turn around, but the streets are moving fast. They're taking out people. It's taking people to jail. It's taking, you know, and I'm around it and I'm trying to, I had a daughter at the time. Destiny was born in uh, 94. So I'm trying to also say, I got to stick around. I got to be around for this girl, for this kid. So it was lots, she, she kept me kind of like focused and on top of that, I wanted to finish the game and play the game. I didn't want to just be one of the guys who, who this business spit out. Hmm. I wanted to play the game. I wanted to say, I'm a New Yorker. And this is where dreams are made. This is where opportunities are. This is where business started. And um, I'm a win. I'm a New Yorker.
2: Did you move from the projects while you were making Illmatic?
0: Yeah, while I, made, while I was making Illmatic, I moved out. I to still where? live there. Me and my mom still live there. He I'm, moved out. I'm, 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 I, yeah, I moved out. I moved out to uh, Flushing, Queens. Yeah.
2: Wow. Did you even know how to get a spot? Like, did the yeah. record company get you the spot? Nah. It wasn't like co- corporate housing or something no, like that? No, nah, like no, nah. just...
0: I wish. <laughs> I wish. I mean, you know, they, they I was back then, I, my video shoots, they would make the crew eat the food before I eat, you know? <laughs> the video crew. Yeah. This was my first album once that started. Like, I wasn't getting any love like that. Um, we bring our own... We buy our own food. We buy our own wardrobe. We buy... I buy everything. We we wasn't... It wasn't like, yo, here you sign. Now your life changed. It, was, mm-hmm. it did change. Yeah. But there, there was trouble. There was trouble there. I, they threatened to drop me before my album come out multiple times because of some of the stuff like the shows, the, the promo shows. Because... 1991, it was live at the barbecue. I had halftime. I had, well, live at the barbecue, back to the grill again with MC Search, who I had to like threaten to get out of the deal with him. And it wasn't a bad deal. He just wasn't answering the phone calls and messing up future deals because his relationship with Columbia went south. Shout out to Search. Yeah, but, shout
1: out Search. He bailed me out of jail for $1,000 back then. <laughs> and I was Search. a little kid back then. Good looking Search, out, Search.
0: Search was, was <laughs> just, you know, he was dope. He was, he was just like um, hope. You know what I'm saying? Because well, he was, he was he an had, artist, too. He was so an yeah. artist. So mm-hmm. he was kind of, I was seeing through him and people like Coogee Rap on how to move and stuff like that in a way. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So shout out to Coogee Rap. But, you know... We had to take care of our own situations. You know what I'm saying? I went through managers. I went through this. I went through that. And trying to figure it out on my own. The the beauty of it is that I was attached to Columbia Records, which is, the biggest, yeah. right?
2: That was the door opener for yeah. any door, yeah.
0: That was it. Like, just the fact that they would show me love and see the talent in me through Chris Swartz, who ran Rough House and Search and all of these people. Faith, yeah. Faith, shout out to Faith Newman. Shout out
1: Faith Newman, Because yeah.
0: she believed in me like, mm-hmm. like nobody. Mm-hmm. She had my back.
2: But imagine the empty threat. Of we're gonna drop you before your album. Like, I was that getting into like... so
0: much stuff with the clubs and the yeah. and the the violence and stuff that was happening that I was a liability. And um, I understood. So I didn't understand how to hang out and not go crazy and have fun. I didn't understand the difference. I, at that point I thought this is this this is this mm-hmm. excitement. Mm-hmm. People love what's happening. You know what I'm saying? Like with my music coming. But the thing about it is navigating being a young man coming from the street into this big business is no easy task for nobody.
3: Yeah.
0: For nobody. So when I see guys now coming up, I understand, man. I'm like, every people point the finger, oh, they messing up, they're messing up. But I've been there.
2: Yeah, I think it was it was a lot harder. Back then though because way harder. The artists coming into the game They weren't coming from Theater school or Backgrounds, entertainment mm-hmm. backgrounds mm-hmm. They didn't have agents they, w- they didn't even know how to, how to Move right. and so even you deciding I need to get this apartment In Flushing I mean thank god you did that But if you hadn't have done that Who knows whether you would have made it To your album release right yeah. And nobody's really well, telling you
0: well, the thing is, with Lars Professor, who put me on Live at Barbecue, said, I want, you to, I want to introduce you to this lady. And that lady was my baby mother, Carmen.
2: Whoa. And so— Where they, was this at?
0: This is at Flushing, because they all grew up together. So her brother was his homeboy, his brother Van. So I knew Van, and but I knew Lars Professor Moore, Paul. So he's like, I want, you to introduce, I want to introduce you to this girl I think is good for you. And I met her, and I saw the setup, the, the, the apartment. They were hanging in, and, and I said, okay, if I get these guys out of here, the brother and Paul, law's professor, I, could live here. I can live here with the girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh so that's God. what I did. That's what Yo. I did. I set up shop in Flushing. Shout out to Flushing. <laughs>
2: Oh my goodness! What do you want to get? What do you want to get into on this podcast though? Like besides hilarious stories?
0: I want people to hear this and get a, another look on uh, hip hop artists. Like you said in the beginning of the show, putting myself out there, you know, for all kinds of scrutiny. But that's been my life forever, anyway. So here I am.
2: Or maybe you just don't give a fuck anymore.
0: I don't.
1: I I I, I definitely don't don't. I don't know the consequences and I don't give a fuck about it anymore
0: (laughs) from Spotify the executive producers are Gina Delvec and Jason Rodriguez with additional production support from Leslie Guam and Andrea Salenzi. And special thanks to Courtney Holt, Jessica Dow, and everyone at Spotify who helped the bridge come to life. For Mass Appeal, the executive producers are myself, guys, Peter Bittenbender, Jenya Meggs. Lead producer is Medina Pawana. And associate producer is Serge Jabrizier. Our writer is Gabe Alvarez. Samara Lenga and Cliff Cristofaro are our editors. Thanks for listening.